It's a rite of passage. We had to do it in our day. It'll all be over soon. It'll just flow when you're in there. FM 104's Leaving Cert Survival Guide with the Institute of Education. With only the info that you want to hear to help you ace your Leaving Cert. Hey guys, it's Crossy here from FM 104's Leaving Cert Survival Guide. And myself and Tara Murray have been delving through all the subjects for the Leaving Cert, be it ordinary or higher level, with the Institute of Education. Now tomorrow we'll be delving into French and we'll be chatting to Coleman Nocter again on mental health, how you get prepared for the Leaving Cert this coming week. Now the thing about it is uh, we got a text message in from a girl called Ali and she is studying home economics and she needs a bit of help. She's looking for some practical advice, you know, some tips and tricks of the exam itself so we got in contact with Sandra Cleary she is a home economics teacher in the Institute of Education and we had a chat to her about the Leaving Cert exam here it is Dublin's hit music station FM 104 and you're welcome back to Leaving Cert Survival Guide where today we are talking home economics for the Leaving Cert and uh, with us today is Sandra Cleary from the Institute of Education you are very welcome along to our Leaving Cert podcast thank you very much now, the thing that everyone wants to know about the Leaving Cert is predictions. What are your views on predictions? Well, the fact that this course is so huge, which is a bit daunting, particularly this time of year before the exams, um, predictions are too risky due to the nature of these questions. Gone are the days when you would be asked maybe one nutrient on its own and a full question. So, for example, you'd want to go back and maybe look at topics uh, that either A, have never been asked before. For example, textiles has never been asked and that's a potential question four. So that's one that students would keep an eye out on. Question three, microbiology sometimes comes up there. Yeast has never been um, asked. Then also you would look at questions that maybe haven't been up for a long time. So if you look back along, cereals were asked back in 2011, not actually directly. Um, They asked for a food that was extensively processed. So you could have done the milling of wheat to flour. So cereals then, you see, if you're going to study those, you can look at it from that point of view, the milling of wheat to flour, but also the nutritional significance, the contribution to the diet, overlap then with celiac disease can be interlinked with um, carbohydrate. You could even interlink cereals with B vitamins, which a lot of people are forgetting about. Um, The whole world and their mother is looking at protein this year which hasn't been asked since 2014, but um, B vitamins have not been asked since 2009, which is a very long time. And the thing about cereals is unprocessed cereals will have a very high quantity of the B vitamins. So I would say open up your past exam papers, um, look at the very front of the booklet and they will give you a grid indicating when the topics were last asked. Get out your red pen or your highlighter and look across and see A, when did that topic come up last? Or maybe you notice, like we've said, the textiles in the East, they've never actually appeared. Meat hasn't been up since 2014. We also said milk is another one to keep an eye on, 2011. Then we have fruit and vegetables, not asked since 2012. Family resource management. I'm very sad, I've no life here. Um, 2013. There's a lot in it. (laughs) An awful lot in it. (laughs) So you can see when someone says why they would want predictions. um, They really want... Why did I ask? Yes, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) Sorry for you. No, that's amazing. So talk to us a little bit about the paper layout. What can people expect? 
Well, it's very important um, that students know the uh, fact that the paper is divided up into three sections and you'd be quite surprised the number of students at this stage are not aware of that. Even the fact that there are students out there that have actually got no past exam papers. Now, a very good app that you can download onto your phone, it's absolutely super for all the subjects other than the most important subject, which is students, your home economics. Um, but you can download pocket papers and at at the touch of a finger there, you're able to uh, get access to the papers. But I always think it's a very good thing, the fact that the paper itself is a physical thing, that you get an actual set of past exam papers from uh, one of the local bookstores um, that you can hold on to those. People waste time in exams and there's no point in saying they don't, but people do. It's always good to know, to have a time plan, to know, right, we're on this question here, we give this amount of time, we give that amount of time. Have you any experience on what time people should spend question? Well, we have this great time plan and I won't take uh, credit for it. It's uh, having been teaching for uh, a number of years. Students come back and give you feedback. I would write out um, a time plan in real time. The uh, home economics exam is the very first day of the Leaving Cert. Um, it's on in the afternoon for two and a half hours from 2pm to 4.30pm. My suggestion would be that 2 to 2.05 that you read the paper. Now that doesn't mean, because a lot of people are very panicked, it does not just mean that you read the paper, but you decide exactly what questions you're going to answer. Um, you work out the marking schemes, which is extremely important. So if there's 20 marks going for a part of a question, you and your mind are thinking that could be four points at five marks each or it could be five by four. Always err on the side of caution, five by four. So decide on the questions you're going to answer, work out your marking schemes and do that in the first five minutes. Now, when five minutes has passed, you have to move on because it's a very pressurised exam for time. For the next uh, 40 minutes, uh, from 2.05 to 2.45, you do your chosen elective. Then you move on swiftly to question one, section B, which is the compulsory question. And that would be 35 minutes, bringing you up to 3.20. Then you have to answer two 50 mark questions out of four, 22 minutes each. That brings you up to five past four and then the last rush at the end to do the short questions where you have to answer 10 out of 12. Now can I just say that uh, every teacher has a different approach here with regard to short questions. Biology and business studies, students will be familiar if they do those subjects, have the same format as home economics. It's basically what we call fill in the gaps. Now we are very unlike uh, biology and business studies in that with the marking scheme for biology and business studies you get the full marks if you've got the key words that are mentioned on the official marking scheme and unfortunately section A which is the short questions is very badly answered in home economics because they're thinking short question short answer. Each short question is worth six marks, one and a half percent of your leaving cert grade. And I think it's a great section to finish on because you've been writing for two hours and you're not worried about structuring questions, dividing up margins, highlighting keywords. You just write for Ireland, ideally two minutes um, each. Now, um, that would be section A. Section B, then you've got a compulsory question. Um, I think this is probably the one that students fear the most because in that compulsory question, uh, there are four parts usually, occasionally five. Now, the first part and the last part are worth between 40 and 44 marks, 10 to 
11% of your leaving cert grade. And the frightening thing, I think, for people is there's no section in the textbook that will prepare you for those 44 marks. Part A is a table or a pie chart or a histogram and you have to do an analysis. The only thing you can do there is go back and start from 2004 and work your way through trying one out maybe every second or third night and then checking up the marking scheme. And then a few years back, a student of mine referred to the last part of question one. That's very dodgy, miss. So it got title dodgy D. So dodgy D <laughs> is worth watch out for. It. There should be a warning about dodgy D. It's worth 20 marks, but they literally can pull anything out of the sky. Like one year they asked, uh, give reasons why farmers markets have become so popular. 20 marks. They wanted five points at four marks each. Students automatically go in their mind what section is that in my book? And they're trying to bring it up and it's not there. Then, of course, she never did that with us. You know, they need to move on from that. So you shouldn't be afraid of it. It's basically once you structure it in a point format, you know, it's five points. So five bullets are number one, two, three, four, five. You give your reason why you think, for example, the farmer's markets have become so popular and then back up with a particular um, example. Is a sort of common sense as well as everything you've learned, but just picking pieces out of different sections going, OK, it's good because it's fresh, but then also trace back to meat or all. Is, is Less it, or maybe em- yeah, like yeah. That, yeah, or employment in the local, um, the local uh, village or town or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's huge. Five percent. And you can't. Some students have walked away or left that blank. Oh, I never did that. And they come out of the exam and they're very upset. But there are going to be, you have to realise that there are going to be parts of questions on that paper that you will not recognise or maybe the language will be a little bit different. Like last year now, it threw a lot of students off in 2018 um, where they asked about homelessness and they asked what are the requirements for a homeless person? And it bothered so many students afterwards. Where was that? But I said, if you thought about it, What's the first thing a homeless person needs and their shelter, food? There you go. So if there's a question that comes up on the exam and you don't recognise it or you can't in your mind find that page or that section in the book, as long as it's structured in a bullet format, absolutely no essays whatsoever. And they will really get very annoyed with you, the examiner. Use your practical head and elaborate and always, always back up with the examples. How do you recommend students start to prepare for the exam now and the night before? Well, at this number of weeks, I would prepare for section A by, as we said earlier, get an actual physical set of papers. And every night from tonight, start writing up maybe four or five short questions. You're looking at 10 minutes, but I don't mean answer them out of your head. I would get out my textbook and I would use the textbook and give very, very, very detailed answers because students don't realise, particularly if you've never set the exam before, to get a H1 on the shorts, you have to go beyond the lines. I always say to them, if you can draw, draw, do it on the side margin. So start doing a few of those every single night. The next thing is even sitting down watching telly because we all need a break sometimes 
sometimes uh, or maybe listen to the radio and uh, we won't say what channel and um, so what you can do is get out your set of papers and for question one the compulsory question there are always two key words like comment elaborate comment suggest reasons circle those and um, they will be part of your answer. Now, one thing I know we're sidetracking slightly, but that question one is worth anything between 20 and 24 marks, which is five to six percent. And like dodgy D, you can't prepare for what table or what pie they're going to come up with. And if you get dodgy D and the table wrong, there's 10 percent gone. You're H1, you're knocked off. So absolutely, we have to study you know, the topics that haven't come up in a long time or topics that haven't been up in a number of years. But I would suggest that you start practicing question 1A by drawing out tables, a framework. So for every one of the tables or the pie charts or histograms that you have to analyse, there's always two keywords. As I say, you could do it watching TV from 204 right up to 2018. And those two keywords, let's say comment, elaborate, comment, suggest reasons, they are the columns running down on your table. And then either the question will tell you to comment and elaborate maybe on three products. So, you know, there's three columns going across or if they don't verbalise that they want you to discuss three or four items, you go back up and look at how many sections are in that pie, how many parts are there to that table and say there's five, well, then it's five columns across. If there's four, four columns across. And it's a good idea then when you do your exam on the very first five minutes that you do a rough template of this table on the inside of your answer booklet. So that when you do start writing at five past two, that you have it all organised in your head as to what's going to happen. The other thing then I would be looking at would be topics really that haven't come up in a long time. Like we'd mentioned earlier, resource management hasn't been up since 2013. That could potentially be question four. The uh, textiles would be another one. Consumer studies to look at. Uh, Food laws and safety agencies. HACCP, yeast food poisoning, cereals, milk, um, cereals, why not say the whole course? And then <laughs> uh, the elective then is section C. There's nine topics on the first one, which is the one we actually study at school. But students will have decided before the exam whether they're doing elective one, two or three. And I would start doing maybe every third night, pick one of those eight or nine topics and study those. The night before the exam, you should have a bank of the short questions just to go back over them. You should have gone through all the tables and the marking schemes and then really just sit down and swat the topics that maybe haven't come up in a long time because being realistic, you are not going to get the whole course covered the night before. So if you've good preparation done in the weeks beforehand, you should be okay. And there's a compulsory question as well that's worth 20%. Can you talk a little bit about that and what's required? It's huge. The written exam itself is worth 80% because students who are doing home ec will have handed in a journal last November, which is worth 20. So that's 20 out of the way. Another full 20% of the Leaving Cert grade is question one. And that's usually four parts, but occasionally it could be five parts. And the middle two parts, B and C, are always on nutrients. So protein, for example, everyone is talking about protein. However, uh, because it hasn't been up since 2014, however, you do have the B vitamins. Haven't been asked since 2009. And they're so tiny, 
but I think these are bonus marks because if you go and swat them up, um, you'll get to do very, very well. And another one that needs to be looked at would be iron and uh, vitamin C. Iron hasn't been asked since 2010. Vitamin C has never appeared. And the two of those together, obviously, uh, home ex students will know that vitamin C is needed for the correct absorption of what's called non-heme iron or ferric iron. So they would be very important, the nutrients. Um, then you've dodgy D which unfortunately, once you're listening to the news or copped on, including to what's going on in the world, uh, it's always 20 marks and are on the side of caution, even though it could be four or five. You don't want to decide, Asher, I'll write four and then it turns up to be five points. And then the analysis of the table um, is the other part. But out of that 80 marks, 40 to 44, nobody can prepare you except for having your practical head on the day and having gone over all those tables and dodgy D parts for the weeks before. So Sandra, the thing is you want to know is about timing when practising. Like, is it good for them to go do loads of papers and time themselves per the paper what it's going to be like on the day? I think that's a brilliant idea. It's it's uh, it's a very good approach. Um, the only thing is when you are um, practising uh, questions at home, you need to do it in real time. You know, otherwise there's going to be unrealistic expectations. So just say, for example, a 50 mark question, you have to answer two of these on the day of the exam. You should only be spending 22 minutes each on those. So there's no point in you sitting at home. Oh, I'm going to practice a question two or a question three today. And it takes you one full hour and you're delighted with yourself when you look up the marking scheme. Oh, that's great. You've spent an hour and it was only 22 minutes. So what I would suggest is maybe initially when you are practicing that you have a a stopwatch or you've got maybe um, on your phone that you would set a time. And after 22 minutes, just see where you stopped. Continue writing. But then the next time you do it, you might be a little bit faster. And maybe it could take you up to four or five 50 mark questions before you realise how quickly you have to write to get the whole thing down in 22 minutes. But be realistic um, in terms of your time. So if you're going to sit down and practice that question one, which you mentioned earlier is worth 20% of the Leaving Cert paper, that has to be done in 35 minutes. Now, if you're thinking about practical things or why farmers markets have become popular, some people could spend 15 minutes on that. So 35 minutes, you have to be realistic. I would spend 15 minutes at the table and then the remaining uh, 20 minutes then with the nutrients and the dodgy D. But be realistic with your time. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. So when you're obviously in the thick of the exam and you're under that kind of time pressure, you know, sometimes you're trying to get everything down on the page and it can get a little bit messy. How important is, you know, the presentation of your paper? 
it's huge. I would say to students, if you were going for an interview, you're going to put on your best clothes, you're going to have your uh, speech, whatever you want to describe it as, you're you know, you're going to talk the talk and you're going to make that good impression because you're physically there. But you must remember that it's not your teacher that who knows you for how many years that's correcting the paper. It's a total stranger. So you want to make that good impression. So I would always say it's putting your best self on paper so that when somebody opens up your answer booklet immediately, you know, they're in a positive frame of mind. Wow, this looks good. Um, you know that you've underlined key key words um, with a highlighter or maybe a red pen. It's one of the things that I've lots of things that annoy me in case you know, my own <laughs> students are listening. The list could go on and on, but that is certainly one of them, you know, where uh, students don't use red pen or they don't use a ruler or they don't highlight. And please, please, please do not write essay style answers. Every single question on HOMEC, um, the marking scheme, it's so many points by so many marks. So if it's 20, 5 by 4, if it's 15, it could be 5 by 3 or 3 by 5, you know, by the language used. But under no circumstances are you to answer in essay style. So answer in bullet format, highlight or underline with red pen and make sure that you elaborate. And I let it, you into one secret Um, which cannot be shared with anybody. And that is five marks in home economics, which often comes up on elective um, three. That five marks is divided. The key word or the key point is one and then two subheadings at two marks each. So imagine you've got two students. They both write exactly the same amount. They both answer in a bullet format. They both underline the key word. One student writes two subpoints. The other writes one very long detail point and they're very, very proud of themselves. The person who answered with two sub points gets five. And the person who did this fabulous elaborated point gets three. So it's quality, not quantity. Absolutely. Okay. We're all about quality. Interesting. Before we finish up today, Sandra, have you any more final tips or piece of advice that you want to give the students listening to us today? I appreciate that this is a very long syllabus and there's so much to this particular course. There are so many aspects to the different questions. But trust me, when it's all over and it will be over and it'll all be fine. And um, this particular subject, I love it. I'm 30 years teaching the subject. And when you're on your deathbed life, they'll ask you, what can you remember in your lifetime? It'll have passed you by and someone will say, but do you remember the biological value of soybeans? And yes, you will. HBV, 74%. I wish everybody well. Thank you. That was Sandra Cleary from the Institute of Education. And today we were talking about home economics. Dublin's hit music station, FM 104. And that was Sandra Cleary from the Institute of Education uh, telling us a bit about the home economics exam, which is on Wednesday, the 5th of June. Tomorrow, we will be chatting all things French and we'll also have Coleman Nocturin who's going to be chatting to us about mental health. If you haven't hit subscribe already, please do tell your mates who are studying the leaving. These podcasts are only 20 minutes long. It could be your walk to school. It could be your walk at night. You could be going to bed having a listen to this. We've teamed up with the Institute of Education with all the tips and tricks for your exam. But until our next episode, we'll see you then. FM 104's Leaving Cert Survival Guide with the Institute of Education with only the info that you want to hear to help you ace your leaving cert.